A good conversation can shift the direction of change forever. Would you leave it to chance? Join the authors of Design to Change and explore this series of conversations with designers and event owners. Driven by the need and conversations with event owners and event designers who use the event canvas around the world, this series explores the depths of conversations to elevate your abilities to look and act beyond the now. Episodes are hosted by Rude Janssen, Rue Friesen, Dennis Lehrer, and Paul Rukens, with illustrious changemakers, designers, and pioneers in the field of design and beyond. To explore these conversations and additional content, visit designtochange.online. For now, let's start the conversation. Conversations. Okay, welcome in this podcast. Um, and today we have um, two guests in our podcast, and that's um, not a very um, a normal case, but uh, we had a um, we have a very special occasion to have two people in the podcast because we have. Uh, Nick Nick Benora in the podcast, who was here a year ago as well, um, um, and we have a special guest, uh, and that is Steve Abel with a background in pharmacy. He's now associate um, a provost for engagement at Purdue University, same university as Nick is from, where he is um, um, a director of Purdue University conferences. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank, Thank you. you. So maybe maybe Nick Nick to kick it off um, and and Steve welcome because it's 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 super exciting to see how something that started off in 2019 uh, Nick I remember we met first at uh, uh, at a meeting uh, event design certificate program level one for the MPI chapter in Indiana um, uh, we had a podcast last year and you mm -hmm. articulated your horizon of change uh, lots has happened since between 2019 and today's the 8th of September 2022. Um, tell us a little bit about that journey and how you got to where we are right now. Yeah, absolutely. So 2019 to 2022, it seems like a lot of time has passed, but really it, it's gone by incredibly fast from the moment I met the two of you in, in Indianapolis and going through that level one intro and, and being introduced to the event canvas methodology. And, and I think, you know, I, I drove home uh, after that uh, that half day, that day and a half, and, and got back um, to the office. And I think the very first thing I did was contact Steve and said, this is what I just did. They've got a level three program that's coming up in January, and I just, I have to go. And, and that really started that process off. And um, I'm very blessed with the, the support that Steve has always provided uh, to me in his role. And he said, yeah, absolutely, uh, go do it. And then it was off to uh, San Diego in 2020 and just the crazy uh, event that happened after that, that nobody saw, you know, we were in San Diego in 2020 in January and we heard bits and pieces of what was happening globally, having no idea what was about to be unleashed on the world. And uh, so went through that process and then, you know, the pandemic hit and um, that's really what started the horizon of change we talked about last year, which was dealing with that disruption and what is what has that done to the events industry and specifically the events industry in a university atmosphere and, and how was that changing? And I think I said last year, the need for our department to reinvent itself and figure out 
how we can best serve the university and create value behind what we do, given all of the disruption and change that's gone on. And so that was a year ago. And looking back on that, we had been in the pandemic for what, 16 months or so at that point. And everybody was hopeful that we were going to start to see things change and get back to normal. But we look at the situation now and while a lot has improved we're dealing with different types of disruption to our our industry uh, with inflation and supply chain issues and travel bans that are still coming up and corporations deciding when and where they'll send people or they won't and so while things have improved we're dealing with a whole new set of challenges and uh, and those challenges really can be opportunities and so when we were having our monthly meetups as as mastermind alum and you you announced the uh, the partnership there at the postilion hotel in the hague and thinking back about the horizon of change that i was on a year ago and where we were you know 10 or 11 months later and realizing there's still a lot that we can do as Purdue conferences, Purdue engagement more so, and utilizing this wonderful tool that you've created and the value that it can provide to the university beyond just how do we create value and impact in events for departments, but how can we help the change makers and the innovators and the people at the university and our external partners who are dealing with their own very real horizons of change that are vastly different now than they were 16 months ago, 24 months ago, you know, even longer, and working with Event Design Collective and, and creating that partnership just seemed like the logical next step for a university like Purdue. Let's, let's not all spill all the beans yet, uh, Nick. Um, let's uh, let's, let's build, build, some, build some excitement. Uh, I Absolutely. Think, I, think I would like to ask a question to Steve, right? So back to flashback to 2019 right so um nick was driving back and um reminiscing about that that training and we in our book we open with a with a page which says like which says as a, a good conversation can shift the direction of change forever um now i would like to know from that conversation nick had with you steve um from your perspective how what, what was that conversation about can you still remember that conversation well, yeah, let me start by saying I have good conversations with Nick at least once a month, and they're always shifting <laughs> for change. That's just the that's just the relationship that we have, because he's really a big picture thinker. And then he came home from the training program with you guys. And I think that made him a triple big picture thinking uh, thinker. But, you know, I, I, one thing I'd, I'd like to say is that some who are listening to this, if they're involved with engagement at their respective university, they may think it's odd that a conferencing unit would be part of an engagement program and and um i actually think it's so logical um because you know conferences are about partnerships and about figuring out what both sides need what the university can bring in terms of its resources and what the partner can bring in terms of their resources and what the intended outcome is so um you know i would i would say that our work had been more traditional and then of course when COVID came, everything changed. But um, but as disastrous as that was, it really gave us time to think about what Nick has learned, the methodologies that you all support, 
uh, it gave time for me to think about it from a couple of perspectives. Um, previous training that I had received for what I would call less traditional approaches to strategic planning. Um, I do have some personal experience with a business model canvas. So conceptually, I understood this, but um, e even just from the daily operations of engagement, you know, your, your template um, many, I'm, I'm going to say 50 to 60% of the meetings that I walk into with people, there isn't any um, intended behavior because I don't know what those meetings are going to are going to be like. So I do assess entering behavior. I do understand from speaking with people where their where their pain points are. Um, I think we both can share expectations and then we try to figure out, okay, what am I bringing to the table? What are you bringing to the table? And should this move forward? And, um, and it enables me to actually restructure my thinking even about initial dialogue that will ultimately end up in something so back to the question that you asked me um covid gave us a chance to really sit back and reflect and think about where we wanted to go with um purdue conferences as a part of purdue engagement and now we um not only kind of thought well this is where we want to go we, we want to be bigger we want to be broader we want to be the leaders in terms of um, evoking change. And, and one thing that's absolutely essential, at least at Purdue, is evaluating impact. So how do we know what we did mattered? And, and so to, to me, it just made perfect sense and the timing was right. And I don't know if it would have been so right, you know, had we not had the, the COVID situation, which gave us time to slow down a little bit and really think and reflect. So that's that's fascinating. I, I remember, Steve, that in the previous conversation we had, it sounds like the conversations you and Nick have, you don't leave them, at least the timing of them to chance, but the content sounds like is a is shifting all the time, depending on what's on the radar at that moment. Um, some say that academic research is very much anchored in evidence based things that happened in the past. Um, some would say that change can only happen in the moment and then events kind of try to change things into the future, right? How do you see, let's say, the role of, let's say, in an academic environment, which is very evidence-based in terms of how it functions, you are the engagement um, office, literally the, the, you know, the officer that looks after how do you interface that with your environment? Uh, and, and that's where the change happens in the moment. But then now you add this layer of looking into the future by applying design thinking to how things might change into the future. Um, how, how, how do you see the marriage of these three things? How does that work? Well, I would say historically, um, many universities have approached engagement as um, I've got expertise. I'm going to come into your space. I want to execute a project. I want to do something for my good, and then I want to leave. Uh, and so uh, one of the things I think that that's paramount to all of this is that we're not looking at that as what our expectation is. We are actually wanting to create relationships with individuals that evolve over time. So as we follow a template or whatever and do and execute something, we intend that to evoke change in the short term, but we want to continue the change. Now, there are situations where we have programs that we might potentially have to walk away from. But if we do, 
it's be, we can do it with some level of comfort because we've actually put an infrastructure in in place where the folks that we've left behind can carry things on. So so that's really critical to us. You know, it's it it it, it is not really about one-offs. You know, we do go into situations sometimes and decide this partnership doesn't make sense to us, and so so it's a no. But um, but it's very much. Um, I mean, your your work talks about partnerships having value and your work talks about creating value through events and um you know in our environment it's it's actually kind of easy to accept this infrastructure because it's logical and it's stepwise and um and i have to say when when i'm reflecting on my conversations that i have with nick especially since we've moved to to largely um you know sort of zoom or or some sort of a conversation like that I don't ever have a conversation with him without seeing your canvas behind his head. Yeah. So I, I can't forget this because it's always there. Yeah. <laughs> it's in your field of view. <laughs> Nick, it why, is. Nick, why, why do you do that? <laughs> canvas up all the time? Um, because it's, it's been such a profound thing for me to, to have, been introduced to this process and what you've created that uh, I use it almost on a daily basis. And, and that's part of what really drove the conversations that I was having with Steve and, and trying to spread this into a university environment beyond just looking at events in whatever that traditional idea of that word is. Because a year ago, we talked about the need to have to try to reevaluate our department and what we were doing and, and how we were serving the university and the whole methodology came into play and in thinking through that and working through that and doing that analysis and looking backwards and and creating the change opportunities that were going to happen in the future and so the reason why i've i've turned my home office into this design dungeon to steal the term from anthony you know is that it I use it. It's a tool that I use all the time, every single day. And uh, so that's why it's up. It has a practical application. And then of course, uh, the other application there is is for the colleagues and, and the people that I interact with on a daily basis, whether it's uh, Steve or, or other members of the Office of Engagement or other meetings I'm having with colleagues across the university. It becomes a conversation piece because people wanna know what it is. And then it creates that soft opening to talk about the methodology and the process and something that we can do to help them. And it's created a lot of interest just on its own. So it's it serves two purposes. Well, nice, very good story. Now, Nick, we have, a, we have a whole army of people who are about as enthusiastic as you are. However, there is one thing which differentiates you from that army. And that is that you pushed forward, right? You you applied it, you applied every day, as you said, but you also engage your leadership in a conversation. Mm -hmm. So one of the questions we ask in the book as well, as well but then I, I, I'm paraphrasing it. How did you comfort your event owner, your uh, your leadership, that not uh, not having clarity with the initial ask is okay? Because we, we actually um, announced that partnership with The Hague, as you, as you said in your introduction, uh, that's sparked your imagination uh, mm -hmm. and an application to what what you're currently doing. That doing, I remember vividly that email you sent. Like, 
could also work in a collegiate environment. Um, uh, I think I think we responded like, yes, we think so, right? Um, um, but then you engaged Steve in a conversation. I and I and since this book is so geared towards conversations, I'm really interested in how that conversation went because you are all excited and many people um, about our methodology are excited or about an event design lab are excited. How did you come about, how did you prepare that conversation or didn't you? Uh, what, what was, how did you do that? Well, I'd like to say that there was a lot of preparation that went into that conversation to approach Steve, but the reality is as the rapport that we have with one another and He's he's just the most supportive and encouraging um, person I've ever, ever had the opportunity to work with. And so I knew that I could bring my enthusiasm to him and just unload that. And through the process of unloading my enthusiasm for the announcement that you had all made and was able to talk my way through what I thought the applications could be at a university level and what it could mean for engagement to really help us with that mission of saying, this is how the Office of Engagement can help you. This is how we can serve our university community in a much more tangible way, a much more impact-based way with a tool that can also show that impact so that it isn't just an idea that, oh yeah, let's let's work on this partnership and it's gonna have this outcome and this outcome and here's the impact that it's gonna have. It's it's not it's not just us saying something, but this gives us a tool to go to those partners, whether they're internal or external, and say, if you just go with us on this journey, it's not, it might not make sense at first, but if you go with us on this journey, we can walk you through this methodology and we'll be able to show you what those outcomes are and then create the tools that will measure that impact, which as Steve said, is really important at an academic institution is be able to, to measure the impact that we had. And so uh, really it, it was just enthusiasm and that's what launched into it. And um, thankfully uh, he's he's used to that from me and, and went on that conversation with me and, and we were able to, to talk through it and, and explain what I thought the vision could be and then he of course added a lot of clarity to that as we talked through it about how it could actually work yeah. and so i'd like to to hear the perspective from steve but i i but i'm <clears throat> what i'm hearing from you is actually you said like um the there's there's, an, there's a mission right so you connected connected the the proposition into to, to the mission you um used your enthusiasm um um and um asked Steve probably to uh, to trust you right so um, and probably there was already a trust relationship right as um, as I can as I understand but that was that, that those were the main ingredients of of what you prepared um, and of course this also was built on previous conversations about um, a methodology and and how you use that and this could be the next step Steve may I ask you how you um, I think this conversation went on I think early June or something or mid-june uh, when when um, Nick, approach you with his initial idea? Well, sure. I, I mean, I, I have to say, I've been learning about this since 2019 when he did, you mm -hmm. know, so he, he talks about it all the time. And, and um, we, it, there were elements of it that we had tied into a recent strategic planning process. So, so the pieces and how, and the logic behind the pieces made sense to me. 
And um, I am one of those people who absolutely loves change. I think it's really fun to learn something new and actually do something with it. So, and he is out there all the time. And I say that with tremendous respect because he's forever coming with these ideas out of kind of like almost nowhere. I know they're not nowhere because he's smart, but you know, it's just, I'm like, none of this is new to me from him, from Nick. So um, that, you know, back to the point though, with um, yeah, having a little bit of exposure, having some previous experience, you know, like I'm not young. So I, I've been through a lot of, of strategic planning processes, most of which were frustrating and awful. Um, but this one wasn't, you know, because it was just a, it was just a different approach to things that in pieces of it were familiar, you know, but, but, but not necessarily um, all of it. And so then to, to, I think what the real question is, you know, when I reflect back on conferences and historically what we've been um, in, in many ways, people come to us and they want us to do something. And so we sort of ex execute a plan. I mean, I'm not saying that we don't have smart people that, make um, the conferences stronger through their input, we we do. But this is different. This is different because it it now says, I'm walking into Purdue conferences and I think this is what I want to do. And Purdue conferences is challenging me and saying, well, is it really? And what is your intended impact? And what do you want the outcome to be in terms of changed behaviors? And how will you know that 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 actually happened you know like what checks and balances are you going to put in place and we at purdue and engagement are all about the act you know if we're if we're not doing something that's impactful then we need to go do something else and so um now i think what we have is an opportunity to come as an equal partner to the table to ask the right questions to collaborate with our partners and then to implement something that's intended to be impactful and then evaluate and find out if it is. And, and to a point that I made earlier, you know, and then for all of those people that said, why is this conference as part of engagement? I just proved to you why. I'm, I just proved to the doubters that, that we bring resources to the table in partnership and together we're better and we know it because we proved it. Now, let me, let me take that concept, right? Because I, I, I think uh, it's super interesting for those who are listening to the podcast to hear these two perspectives of, you know, the event designer with the enthusiasm and also you as the, as the owner of this project to, um, you know, to balance out what are the needs for the organization? How does this fit in with, with what we're currently doing? Um, you're taking some very tangible steps uh, as you've done in the last three years, Nick. Um, by getting inspired by this example of you know the first event design lab uh, that was open in Europe uh, or is opening this month in Europe actually um, to now say you know three months from today here's what it's going to look like um, what does it look like a year from today or maybe three years from today if you could dream up that that kind of landscape of what what this is going to do can you maybe share that with us maybe Nick first from your end and and maybe Steve you can let us know what it feels like to be, you know, the project owner at the end of the day of what this is supposed to do for the Office of Engagement. But maybe over to you, Nick, first. Yeah, uh, a year from today. Or maybe three three months from well, today first. Maybe <laughs> let's, let's put a first mark a little bit closer, or two okay. months from today even. Yeah, yeah, three months from today, we're still going to be really out there 
we're still going to be in the promotion phase really. And, you know, having first created some, uh, you know, sort of a first cohort of people who understand what this process is and really connecting the use of this tool with, uh, some bi-directional partners that the Office of Engagement works with on a, on a regular basis to introduce them to this concept and, and this methodology and how it can help them solve the challenges that they're up against and those opportunities and thinking about it in a different way. So three months from today, we're still very much going to be in that proving ground area um, mm -hmm. because academia, I think I talked about it a year ago, is, is steeped in tradition. And so plugging something new into that system doesn't happen overnight and it takes some time. And so three months from today, we're still very much going to be in the promotion phase and, and putting things out there and, and working on, uh, hopefully we'll be, I would say we'll hopefully have, you know, a, several projects in the works that, that will be helping those event owners through and developing what those projects look like and utilizing the tool and implementing uh, all of the pieces from it so that we are, are creating sort of that first body of evidence of what this methodology and this partnership with engagement can yield and those impact points along the way and, and the measurable impact. And so being able to, to record where we are and, and start cataloging the work that we can do. So that's what I see three months from now is, is still promotion and, and getting people uh, in the door to the, you know, through the door so that they're, that they're working with us a year from now. Um, I, I can see, and, and my desire a year from now is that we've successfully implemented this at, at some level across the different avenues of Purdue, the system-wide uh, scope so the the other remote campuses that are part of Purdue University that cover the state of Indiana and, and have this connected to all of those different institutions uh, or, or different arms of the university. But the work of, of the promotion and, and the proving ground doesn't ever stop even a year from now. Continuing to work on those projects and cataloging the work that's happening and the impact that those projects are having and then following up and saying, okay, you've done it once. And so now how do we continue to engage your audience or continue to tackle uh, those opportunities that you're facing so that we are creating longer range goals, not just the immediate ones, but going back with those partners and saying, so you're a year out and now what's the next step? How are you going to engage your audience? How are you going to continue to work on those impact points so that change really is happening, not just once, not just initially, but how are you keeping that change, that behavior change in place and reinforcing that so that real change is happening over longer periods of time? Um, and then I would say three years from now that, um, you know, we have a, a physical location that people are coming into where, um, and, and this is where I think it gets really exciting from a university standpoint is being able to utilize the student body to put their ideas and minds and perspectives into these projects for the people that are coming through the door and saying, let's let's get some fresh blood and some fresh minds and ideas on this. And if we're talking about really creating change, we have to look at the next generations and what they see as opportunities to affect change long term in, excuse me, in these different areas and 
So I would say three years, I would really like to see a, a robust influx of students into these projects and uh, have them be in the lab when a project comes in and say, here's what we're looking at, and then being able to use those students and go through you know, the canvas from start to finish and have that feedback go back to those event owners and say, you know, where are we? Is this moving in the direction that you want to? And really to start engage another generation of innovative change makers that understand this process that can help push those things forward. Nice. Steve, how does that sound to you? Uh, well, great. And uh, I, I guess I have my, my two cents on the three months, one year, three years. So mm -hmm. I do think three months will be defining structure uh, and the promotional piece, um, sort of uh, creating what I would call maybe the proving ground. Um, within a year, um, much to what Nick said, we'll have evidence. That's what I see. In a year, we'll have evidence and we'll start to be building a portfolio and that portfolio will have chapters to it, sort of. So I am going to be doing, some, and by me, I don't mean me, I mean Purdue, you know, we'll be doing some follow-up work and the like. And uh, and then I'm going to be a, a little bolder, but Nick's used to this. I mean, in three years, we're going to be the international exemplar. And that and that is not intended to be arrogant or or suggest that we will be at the pinnacle because it won't be at the pinnacle yet. This is something that's going to continue to evolve. But if we, but if we do it right, we, we really could be. And, and one of the, um, there's two other points I'd like to make just really quickly. One of the things that Nick said was about students. I think it's really important. I mean, we are a, a pretty significant uh, institute of higher education and we've got lots of places where student groups can apply this methodology and it's good for them to learn contemporary methodology and then carry it on into their workspace. Uh, I also think uh, a, a really attractive piece of this partnership is um, the broad group of audiences that we have. So there's 10 academic units at Purdue. And if you kind of group them, um, this essentially means that we'll be building a portfolio of evidence that's inclusive of healthcare, of education, of business, of agriculture, of engineering. So it's broad, you know, and, and we, can, we can test things that academics like to test, you know, okay, this worked really, really well with an education audience, but less well with a business audience. Okay, this worked really, really well with ag, but not so well in healthcare. And we can start to learn, okay, so now if I'm working in whatever environment and I'm using this methodology, if somebody from X industry comes in, I already know what not to do and I have good guidance on what to do. Well, that's a powerful approach to, you know, not just spreading it um, geographically, but also across all of these different um, uh, verticals of knowledge, I would almost say, right? These are almost like the, the tentacles that uh, the octopus needs with its seven brains to really be able to like use this in ways that's most effective. And what gets us very excited, um, you know, Steve and Nick, um, is this idea that, uh, like you said, you know, the, without having necessarily or wanting to take the bragging rights for being the international exemplar at first, because you need to prove the evidence you need to have the evidence, then you need to scale the evidence, and you need to have the capabilities to be able to to bring it to all those generations and different 10 academic fields. I do think there can only be one first, right? I think everybody remembers that, you know, 
the original internet um, you know started at UCLA and that's where the first node started right and uh, part of what what we would like to dream up as well is like how could we get these different labs to interact with each other and to have this evidence-based connection not just between academic units but also practitioner units maybe on a geographic level like in The Hague or other destinations that are currently considering how do you take this mental model this language how do you get a random group of people that have an expertise in different things together to crack a wicked problem to create the storytelling and the evidence to prove that it works in order to prove the impact and repeat um, not so much how that's uh, what has been done but more how it's been done and then see what you can learn from that in other situations because i think this is where the scaling of our let's say our human interface right the way that we interface face to face between humans if you get a, a number of humans together that can think together and crack a wicked problem that's quite a unique capability and i think we are structuring that to a degree but layering it on top of a very fast you know, like, like you were saying, uh, Nick, there's a collegiate tradition, but it is there for a reason, right? Um, an institution that's crafted over decades um, proves that something over time aggregates value and can be repurposed to create future value. And I think that's what we're so excited about to see. It's embedded on this body of knowledge that's already existing you add a structure to creating more work and knowledge, and then you can perpetuate it to a much larger group of people with the same capability. And I think that's gonna enable our like problem solving skills inside the academic space, but also way beyond that and connect those different dots. And, and we're very excited about that. It's almost like, you know, the labs becoming internet exchange points, the way that the internet has a form of redundancy where on multiple places across the planet, this thing happens and it creates value. Right. And uh, uh, you t taking, you know, taking the lead there, we are uh, thrilled to see that happening. Uh, it's becoming super concrete. This is the raw story, right, coming from the source, which we really appreciate. Um, and how it comes to be is what excites us so much, like your excitement, Nick, you know, your endorsement, Steve, and how that interfaces is a real source of inspiration, I think, for people listening to this podcast who might feel that, you know, maybe their leadership is not as in tune with this yet, right? Or they're not as ready as you guys are. And I commend you for being so ready and not just, even if you're not 100% ready, you're taking the leap of faith and going forward with it, right? Because that's the only way you create innovation mm -hmm. and true engagement. So um, really happy with this uh, like sequence of events over time. Not a small horizon of change, Nick. And, and also there's <laughs> people who talk about it, about change and those who actually do it, right? So I, I think you prove your prove your point that you actually like change because the speed in from early June to where we are now, um, having already um, uh, clear dates in our in our schedule when to start, right? So that is uh, that is super exciting for us. But also um, this keeps also the momentum going, right? So this is this is uh, really building building on the momentum. I think that is um, something. So shall we shall we um, then finally spill the beans on what, what our exciting new project is, because I think you you introduced it well, Nick, but maybe it's good to, um, from your end, to what is it we're going to do together? And also, I think, what will be the outcome and what will be the desired exiting behavior? Let's talk about that. 
Absolutely. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, the, this partnership moving forward with uh, Purdue University being able to partner with the Event Design Collective and create the first, just like in The Hague at the, at the hotel, but the first event design lab located at a university. And it's, it's, it's almost... It's almost unreal to me that, you know, hearing about that in June, like you said, the, the speed at which we've gotten to where we are right now, it, it still blows my mind every day. And um, I, I think it's, it's going to be a quantum leap for engagement, not, not just here at the university, but elevating the work that a department like the Office of Engagement does and what it, what it can do. Um, and... So the, maybe, the value and impact that it's going to have is is maybe we, we rewind a little bit, uh, mm -hmm. Nick, because there's many people in this podcast who say, "Huh, event design lab? I don't know what that is." So right. uh, maybe to help the listener a little bit, right? So um, we talk about an event design lab where that is a purpose-built room where we can uh, design events in using the event canvas methodology, but mm -hmm. also a very very um, um, a space where you can leave the designs hanging for a while and, and invite people in, engage people in what you are designing currently, right? So in terms of engagement, um, that is um, in a little intro clip and a, I think a, a press release, which, which we shared in a, in a monthly call, as you said. Mm -hmm. what, what from that, um, just for the listeners to understand, um, an event design lab at a university, how are, gonna, how are you um looking at using this lab well like you said it's it's going to be a place where these projects can take place and then leave them up on the wall and and see them and look at them and it's it's going to be a venue where people can come and learn about what the methodology is and see it in practice and it's a a physical space for change makers, where you can see change happening through the canvases that are there with the interaction of the people that are in it. Um, and, and eventually a lot of those people in it, we hope are going to be students that are working through this process to keep that, that fresh flow of ideas and uh, perspectives in these, in, in these projects. Um, but it's, it's going to be that place where you take an idea, say, this is something that I'm trying to do and instead of just having those conversations about what's possible, you come into the space and we can actually, by creating that vocabulary, introducing people to a shared vocabulary and this tool, help them walk through and visualize what that opportunity is or what that challenge is and the steps that they can take to, to turn that challenge in, into an opportunity and, and see the change that they want to create happen and how they're going to measure that so that's that's really what it is it's going to be a physical space where you can see change unfold in front of you right steve any any additions uh i guess yeah just just uh, one comment that um you know as part of all of this one of the first things that happens is the two of you will join us here and um there will be an opportunity for training and deeper understanding um, for a small cohort of individuals that may not be very familiar with the model itself. I think 
I think that is important for two reasons. One is awareness, because um, when we think about what will happen as a result of the partnership that we have with you guys, um, there'll be a lot deeper awareness after that, after that week when you guys join us about what can happen within that space and people in our community will be able to share it with other people in our community and beyond. And so that that'll be a, a, an important way, I think, to get the word out to folks. Yeah, I think what, what inspired me in, in the initial initial um, uh, conversations we had is that you're not only looking at um, using it for the university, but um, I think there's a whole array of organizations who could benefit from from uh, from this event design lab and the methodology and what you are what you guys are offering, and and uh, it almost feels like and maybe I'm using the wrong word giving back to 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 the community and say hey uh, here's the universities and and this is this is how you can use us and this is how we can help you design better events better experiences. Well, yeah, I have to respond to that because that's exactly correct. And and too infrequently, we give back to the community. So this is a really tangible opportunity for these folks to come in at a minimum. These, I mean, we're going to be very purposeful about the organizations that are represented and the people that are invited. And and they will be they will be you know at a minimum they walk away a lot smarter because they've got a lot of knowledge. And then if they choose to partner with us in a project, which we hope they will then that could culminate in certification for them too. And that's our gift really um, to, to uh, several people. And I think that's huge. It's, it's really good for us. That's awesome. I, I was very inspired, Steve and Nick, by um, the quote that it says on the Office of Engagement on your website for Purdue University. And we'll include it in the link below so people can see that when they um, check the notes of the, of the podcast. But you're saying that Connecting the university and external partners and work that improves the human condition, developing the next generation of leaders and innovators, tackling critical public and social challenges, promoting economic vitality, enhance the quality of life and revitalizing democratic culture. Right. So I think, you know, the contemporary methods that we need to start applying, like you said, and you've identified are exactly that. It's collaborative. It's diverse. It's inclusive. It's thinking with very different backgrounds to crack um, things that are facing us right now based on academic knowledge, on future insights. Uh, we're very excited by this partnership. Uh, we look to storytell it as well. I think that's a very important component. This is just the first installment, I think, of how this partnership will develop. I can very well imagine down the line, you know, in the one or three year seasons that we create of little micro stories of you know, this was the challenge and these were some of the prototypes that were considered and this is what was done and this were the outcomes. It could be a very compelling series of stories, whether in written or video form or audio form, we'll figure out what that is. But we're keen to, um, to enhance your ability to share the story and for the designers that use the lab to have the lab, not just as the, as the place, but also as the, the stepping stone to share the story way beyond that, right? So, um, Super excited by this partnership. Like you said, the first installment at the end of October will be in West Lafayette in Indiana um, with the first group of you know, uh, 20 to 25 people that are gonna each have a project to design and become proficient facilitators. Maybe not yet as proficient as Nick, but we're gonna make sure they chase Nick's tail, right? Yeah. That Nick keeps ahead of the pack. 
um, and look forward to meeting in person, Steve, because we haven't met in person yet. We've only been on Zoom calls. Um, so we can use our human interface to interface. I think that's going to be very exciting. Yeah. Agree. Awesome. On that note, um, I want to thank you a lot for contributing to the Design to Change podcast, um, for sharing the horizon of change, Nick, so, um, um, uh, so articulately and with so much action. Um, you are uh, a trusted advisor in your organization, um, and I think this is only going to help build that further. I think you're a true inspiration to some of our other listeners. And um, if you don't know Nick or Steve, feel free to connect to them. We're going to add your LinkedIn's with your uh, permission to the comments so people can reach out to you as well. Um, and with that, I think we can, uh, we're going to wrap up this episode and look forward to the next horizon of change and the next storytelling. So thanks so much, Nick and Steve, for being here and uh, Rul for uh, together hosting this podcast. Thanks for having us. Thank you. This has been another episode of the Design to Change Designer Conversation Series. Explore these conversations and additional content at designtochange.online. Want more right now? Tune into the backstage episode of this conversation and hear what the experts discuss offstage. <laughs>